Uh, yeah, so we are basically hosting this space just a day after um, ITU hosted, you know, the World Telecommunications Day. Um, that is only hosted every month, every year on the 17th of May. And it's been a global event that has been running since 19, um, 1969. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, on this day, we're basically trying to see how um, connectivity affects SMEs. And of course, how uh, we're gonna, um, how SMEs, especially here locally, can take advantage, you know, of connectivity and what local companies, for example, like Liquid, are doing to basically support these SMEs. So actually, for this year, the focus, um, the theme for the um, for the World Telecommunications Day was was actually empowering the least developed countries through information and communication technologies. And what IT was doing was calling on the public and private sectors to make pledges, you know, for universal connectivity and digital transformation in these countries through what is calling the Partner to Connect Digital Program. So maybe, you know, uh, as I continue getting the record speakers, uh, it would be a good point to just bring on Ben to just talk about, um, you know, um, talk about you know, um, where we are, you know, uh, in Africa. So in Africa, currently, we're experiencing the most uh, growth in regional connectivity. But again, our numbers are actually still very low at 22%, of course, compared to other regions, you know, uh, across the world and across the continent. So, of course, Liquid, uh, as, as an authority in this space, maybe just Ben, you know, um, can tell us, you know, uh, why are we here? You know, how does this space look like? And basically give us give us an overview of connectivity in Africa, of course, with a keen focus in countries like, you know, in our own country in Kenya. So maybe Ben, you can pick it up there as I set up the rest of the team. Um, yeah, thanks, Nick. So yeah, thanks for um, having me here tonight. Um, it's good to talk about connectivity, it's my favorite things. Um, but, uh, I mean, as you asked, across the continent, um, we're at different levels of maturity. Um, and, you know, I tour around um, Africa. I'm starting to do that more now. Um, and uh, this week, I'm in Zanzibar. Last week, I was in, uh, in Malawi. So, as you mentioned, the theme yesterday for our telecoms day was around least developed countries. Uh, and Kenya is not one of those. Kenya is a lower middle income country. So it's um, having obviously a higher income, but also more advanced in terms of um, digital infrastructure, digital adoption um, by SMEs and by other businesses. It still has a long way to go. But, um, you know, so in some countries, there is not, um, is not so much penetration of large corporates. Uh, so, you know, in Kenya, much as we uh, are there, we've got all the big corporates who are in Africa having uh, branches or even head offices for the continent. Um, so it's somewhere on a par with a uh, city like Cape Town or Durban. Uh, it's not as big as business-wise as Johannesburg, but it's somewhere of Johannesburg or Lagos. They're, they're much bigger um, places, but uh, Kenya is somewhere on that spectrum. So... Finding that most companies, most businesses, are either SMEs or micro SMEs, MSMEs. So um, we're just seeing that the overall adoption um, from some of these types of businesses is actually um, not moving all that fast, right? <clears throat> For various reasons, um, you know, companies are 
are not necessarily digitizing. Um, Kenya is a place where the large corporates have had connectivity for a number of years now, at least 10 years, they would have fired into the main building, main offices. Government has digitized, um, banks and other services have, have digitally transformed. So there's a need and requirement for to kind of connectivity. <clears throat> but it's not so, you know, it's SMEs are saying catching up, but um, let's say in, in countries which are uh, less developed, um, you know, SMEs are just not necessarily uh, getting onto the digital transformation wagon. So I think there's a conversation going on across the whole uh, across the whole continent. It's about digital economy. I guess it's it's about actually accelerating the digital economy. Um, and pillars of the digital economy which have been identified are digital infrastructure, which is what we and Liquid specialise in, um, digital business, um, which is like digital transformation of uh, of business, um, digital entrepreneurship, the tech startups. Uh, e-commerce, etc., etc., um, and then digital government. How you digitise government processes, bring them online. Obviously, Kenya again is leading on this. Uh, now it's going to be accelerating even, even further with the manifesto pledge from, from this government about digitising all the government services. And then, lastly, digital skills and values. So it's about uh, have people got the skills to use the digital services. So we at Liquid, um, much as our job is building digital infrastructure. You know, we're really starting to look at, um, and I'm starting to look at, how we help people along all of the journey. We need all of the pillars of the digital economy to be working in time um, for, for the digital infrastructure that we're building to be filled up. Um, so this is kind of what, what is making me uh, think about things, how to rethink how we do things, um, and uh, making the services not only available, uh, but also accessible and affordable. Uh, to small businesses. Um, I met one, um, I was in a forum last year, uh, and I met somebody who was running a beauty products business in Kenya, and she said that the connectivity and, and, and technology costs of having her business online amounted to 17% of her cost of sales, um, selling beauty products. So clearly something is wrong, so something is like, that's too much. And if you're running a business, an online business, you shouldn't be paying that much for um, your connectivity. So we're trying to work out how to um, bring SMEs online, how to bring them into the digital world, get them using digital tools, um, and um, yeah, and, and just help them on the journey. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm thinking from. Uh, so I hope that makes sense. So you spoke about bringing SMEs online. I think, you know, uh, once I get Fiona online, I'm going to try to ask her the same questions. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, um, one of the things ITU um, was doing during this year's, uh, uh, you know, um, celebrations, you know, they, of course, they were appealing to, you know, basically they were talking about, you know, um, um, uh, appealing and calling for, the, for, na for, the, for an increase in the value of pledges, uh, you know, for digitizing the world from the current, of course, 30 billion USD to around 100 billion USD by 2026. Uh, and of course, um, for, uh, you know, just going back to what you said about bringing SMEs online, um, we've seen small businesses, uh, of course, just worldwide, even back here locally, becoming what we are calling micronationals. Of course, by taking advantage of these digital platforms, such as, of course, Facebook, um, uh, Amazon, or even just Jumia, you know, uh, where um, uh, Fiona comes in. So maybe, um, Moses, can we borrow, you know, this is where maybe you should come in. 
how can SMEs, of course, take advantage of this connectivity to basically, you know, scale and, of course, you know, uh, reach these multinational, micronational, micro, uh, multinational levels that I'm talking about? Well, thank you very much, um, uh, Nick, uh, and uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Moses Kamibaru. I'm the founder and CEO of Dotsavi. I'm also a blogger at MosesKamibaru.com, and somebody who's been, I suppose, part of the Kenyan digital ecosystem since the very early days of the internet, you know, helping connect people, um, and of course, running my agency, Dotsavi, which is a uh, digital marketing agency. Now, doing a petition in the digital marketing space, I think... For me, uh, one of the most exciting things that happened was actually um, in terms of getting SMEs onboarded and starting to use uh, technology and digital uh, chat platforms in a more, um, shall I say, in a more aggressive and a more essential way was actually the COVID pandemic. In fact, I came up with an acronym for it, which I called CADIT, which was, you know, COVID Accelerated Digital Transformation. And for me, that's really exciting because even my organization is a small company. Uh, with a headcount of about 11 people, you know, we have been working virtually now for three years, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. And right now, there's a big question mark as to whether, you know, do we even need an office? And I think that's the kind of attitude or the mentality we need to adopt as SMEs, where we start to look at technology, not just as a way of providing connectivity, but a way of transforming our organizations. Uh, if you look at how we engage with our customers today, the majority of meetings actually have online, whereas, you know, three, four years ago, uh, they would expect us to go to their offices, which would be, you know, a two-hour two commute back and forth. When you talk about amplifying a business and ensuring that, you know, an SME can level the playing field through, you know, connectivity that actually gives them the ability to do video conferencing and even more so um, start to actually deliver work faster, better, easier because of that quality of connectivity, um, you have to ask yourself the question, you know, how many businesses, for instance, in the SME space have invested in building a comprehensive digital presence, which means, you know, to what extent do they have a website um, that is easy to find on Google? To what extent have they made it easy for customers to, say, purchase or pay for products and services online? Uh, to what extent are they using their social media channels uh, to create content that is actually going to drive awareness for their brand, mm -hmm. uh, engagement, and ultimately generate business opportunities? Um, so when I look at it from that perspective, and again, as a digital marketing practitioner, I see there's a lot of opportunity. And I think the biggest caveat to that sort of adoption and transition or transformation often has been that many SMEs simply aren't equipped or even digitally literate to take full advantage of these opportunities. Uh, many of them uh, may be doing things in a very traditional way, uh, not taking full uh, advantage of some of the things that are happening right now. And I think we cannot have this conversation with SMEs um, and seeing how they can enhance their businesses for global visibility and global opportunities without thinking about things like generative AI. You know, case in point being ChatGPT has become a transformative platform that is allowing people to do much, much more work, higher quality work, be more productive, and even change their ways of working as a result of using that technology. So I think it's got to be that thing of, you know, looking at all the possibilities as SMEs, saying that with this high quality connectivity, quality bandwidth from organizations like Benz, how are we leveraging these technologies to digitally transform our businesses so that we can be globally competitive, but also globally relevant? And I think this is not just about the tech itself, but the people in the organization, the processes, how we are evolving our business models to actually be more successful and more globally competitive.
No, I'm mean, interested. So it's not about it's not about the tech, and I think uh, Fiona, this is where you come in. Um, you know, I'm a strong believer that any small, even the smallest enterprise, can actually be born global. So as an e-commerce consultant, you know, when a business comes to you or a person comes to you, that yeah, I want to scale, I want to grow my business, you know, of course with connectivity in mind. What do you tell them? Thank you, thank you, Nick. I'm really glad to be on this um, Twitter space with um, a great panel. Um, so just to introduce myself, my name is Fiona. So I'm an e-commerce uh, and marketing consultant, and I help businesses of all sizes, corporates, SMEs, and startups um, who are looking to leverage digital commerce and digital tools. Um, and I do that through training and um, consulting services. Um, now to your question, you know, again, how can SMEs, you know, leverage digital tools to become global? Um, you know, again, the interesting thing about, you know, going digital is, the barrier to entry is quite is fairly low. Um, if you think of you know selling online, like you know selling on uh, social media, really at the end of the day, what you need is a you know a smartphone and data. You know, assuming you already have the products and um, you know a way to deliver the products. So the beauty of this is it you know levels the playing field and allows for you know even the micro SME to get on board um, and start to sell online. You know, the other great advantage is increased reach that you talked about. Um, you Businesses no longer need to, you know, be restricted to just their physical location. You know, if mm -hmm. they have a shop in town, they don't need to be, you know, physically restricted to just the people who know them or the foot traffic and so on. You know, they're able to open up, you know, people um, to the customers across the country and even across the continent and the world. I'll give you a great example here of... Um, you know, a project that I worked on during COVID. Um, and mm -hmm. it was a project with the coffee, uh, in the coffee sector. Now, the way the coffee sector works is um, uh, coffee buyers usually come to coffee producing regions and they tour different uh, coffee farms and they taste the coffee and then decide, you know, to make a purchase for, you know, a container load of coffee. But as you, you know, as we all know, COVID uh, made traveling, uh, you know, totally impossible. So how were the coffee producers going to reach their buyers um, in the overseas markets? So this project that I worked on was really around equipping the SMEs to start to understand how to do branding. How do they um, you know, extract their story, tell their story about how the coffee is produced, um, mm -hmm. and then be able to list themselves online to be able to be found. So this really opened up, you know, even the smallest coffee producers, what we call specialty coffee producers, to be, you know, open to the world. Um, so, you know, just that is an example of how the power of, um, you know, using digital can really open your world um, even, even more than, you know, you can imagine. Um, the other beautiful thing around, um, you know, leveraging um, digital and uh, e-commerce is also the access mm -hmm. to data, you know, uh, Data, as we know, is uh, gold at the moment, or even, you know, they talk about data being um, the new oil. Um, and being able to run your business using digital tools, you're able to generate a lot of data around your customer. And so you're able to know, okay, what products are selling better? Which ones do I need to source more of? Which ones do I need to uh, source less of? You know, how can I customize my um, offering for the consumer? So these are some really, you know, great um advantages that SMEs can leverage when they look at um, positioning themselves online. And then lastly, um, just, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the stats, in case there's any, you know, SMEs who are still, 
you know, I'm not sure whether to, you know, get onto digital, um, you know, more than 30% of the Kenyan population is on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. So again, you need to be where your consumers are. And uh, there's a report by We Are Social that um, talks about, you know, what are the four reasons that Kenyans use social media? Uh, what are the top reasons that uh, Kenyans use social media? And the fourth reason is to find inspiration for things to do and buy. So really, mm -hmm. um, it's really uh, important uh, that SMEs embrace this. Very interesting. And of course, uh, Aliano spoke about, you know, affordability and all that. And of course, you know, just back to what IT was saying, IT was talking about, you know, uh, about 2.7 billion people worldwide, you know, being offline, you know, uh, in 2022. And, uh, you know, of course, what this means is that the digital connectivity divide, you know, separating, of course, the least developed countries from the rest of the world is widening on key factors. Of course, the success, digital skills, and of course, affordability, which, uh, of course, Fiona mentioned earlier. And maybe, Ben, you know, uh, just to come back to you, you know, as liquid, and of course, as an authority, especially in this space of connectivity, what are you doing to actually close this gap? And ensuring that, of course, yeah, we are getting so many SMEs back online. We have so many SMEs actually being able to access, you know, the internet and basically all those, you know, uh, all those things. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so um, coming to the ITU, you, you mentioned earlier that they were looking for pledges to um, connect these yeah. 3 billion people across the world. So they actually launched a, a platform called Partners to Connect. Um, and on, on this liquid, have um, we've been very active in this and actually made three uh, three meaningful pledges. Uh, there's one we uh, have a smaller contribution in, but um, those being uh, around, we want to connect many schools. We've made a pledge that as a group, we'll be collecting 150,000 schools across the continent. Um, but the, the one that's more pertinent to SMEs is, is around startup hubs. So we, are, um, we have been putting affordable connectivity into incubation centers, startup hubs, places that are helping um, small business SMEs and, and, and particularly tech startups, that, you know, high growth startups. So it's around how many of those we're going to connect. Uh, we've connected about 60 uh, to our internet across the continent, but our aim is to uh, connect at least 300. I think there are 650 uh, incubation hubs according to AfroLab. So um, that is something we are very much active on. And then the other thing, we with Microsoft and Microsoft Airband, they have a division that is focusing on connectivity. Uh, and, and with them in partnership, we're looking to bring 20 million more people online together in the next couple or so years. And that'll be a combination of going to new countries. Uh, you, you're hearing where I'm traveling, the sort of places I'm going, but uh, to new countries, but also expanding into areas um, to, to get more people connected. But um, as you go back to the ITU and what they're talking about, you know, it's no longer just about the conversation that's being held um, you know, globally is no longer just around mobile coverage or connected people or people accessing the internet. Uh, we're talking of meaningful connectivity. Um, and, and that's the difference between watching cat videos, right? Uh, which is, is great for some people or, or what Fiona and Moses are talking about, which is actually using connectivity to increase your standard of life, to increase your income, your, uh, your, you know, the, the way your business functions. Um, so I think the work that, um, uh, that these guys are doing is very important. Uh, so we see, um, you know, we see, 
uh, organizations uh, like those that Moses and Fiona are running, we see those as great partners in the digital economy because they are helping businesses to get online. I also want to throw at you, because Moses made a new word up, uh, I'll also share with you a word I made up, uh, which is, you know, um, as Fiona alluded, people are using platforms like Instagram and, uh, and different free platforms. They may not be using for the purpose they were intended for. Uh, they may have just been intended just for sharing your pictures with your friends. Uh, but people in Kenya are using this as their window for their business because they're free. They're not paying for these tools. Uh, often they're included in free bundles. They use things like that, and then they go on WhatsApp to start communicating with your customers, growing uh, groups and communicating and, and taking orders with their customers. They're then using mobile money to take payment. Mobile money is absolutely key to this digital economy for SMEs. And then they're using this network of, of delivery riders, the Boda Boda riders who will deliver the goods to, to fulfill the orders, take the orders to their customers. Um, and I'm calling that KE commerce. It's not e-commerce, it's Kenyan commerce. So KE commerce is, is my is my new word that I'm trying to uh, trying to evangelize across the across the country. <laughs> Thanks. Sir. Interesting. Um, um, Moses and I both in the digital space, and I think whenever we interview and talk to startups and all that, you know, there's always the question that comes up. You know, like yeah, of course, there's this. So how do I take advantage of connectivity, for example? Um, um, of course, I've been talked about access and all that. So maybe being in this space, uh, you know, Moses, what do these startups tell you? You know, like what kind of investments do we need to actually invest in to ensure we get to the right people? Well, uh, that's a fairly broad question. And I think, of course, I think it's a very important phrase that Ben has uh, mentioned and they call it meaningful connectivity, right? So it's not yeah. about just consuming content. It's being able to create content and create content that actually moves the needle. And I've been involved in a lot of training. One of the things I do in addition to you know, running an agency is actually a lot of digital training um, through organizations, in-house, you know, uh, universities and so forth. And I think the thing I keep seeing and encountering when it comes to SMEs or even um, startups that are trying to get the most out of digital platforms is actually almost that element of digital literacy, the ability to know how to use these platforms to get the most out of them. And more importantly, not for fun and games, but rather to figure out, okay, if it's gonna be a social media strategy, what do I need to do that? And then which tools do I need? Do I use something like Canva for creative? Um, can I use ChatGPT for creating my content calendars? Um, and, and other pieces of content that are going to help keep my website alive and active. Uh, if it's TikTok, what sort of skill sets uh, do you need to acquire to utilize a platform that's already incredibly popular in this country and also gives you incredible organic reach without you having to pay for any ads? Similarly, um, when I look at clients or people I've trained and I really evangelize it, I know that Ben and I are very big on LinkedIn. You know, it is one of the most exciting platforms for what I think is, you know, business-related interactions uh, where you can actually sell product, um, you know, engage with people, do thought leadership in a way that is going to actually give your small business uh, the opportunity to be seen and heard without having to actually buy an ad. When it comes to advertising, I always advocate uh, for platforms like Facebook ads uh, which are incredibly affordable where somebody can spend a few hundred shillings a day and if they know what they're doing 
uh, they can still get significant return on investment in terms of generating new business, especially the sort of micro SMEs or the home-based businesses where somebody's maybe importing some products. Uh, as Ben mentioned, we see a lot of young entrepreneurs today are selling on Instagram, they're selling on TikTok. Um, they have border border guys come and deliver this product, as they call it, the KE Commerce, uh, a very unique type of flavor of commerce that's working. And I think we can't have this conversation without talking about the likes of Copia. You know, look at what Copia did in terms of creating a unique flavor uh, of e-commerce that is relevant to the country, where they were using initially the model of getting people to buy products for their, you know, their families up country from Nairobi, and then building an incredible network of uh, retail uh, locations, which then act not just as a place where people pick up product, but they even have a proactive role in incentives to sell products to people on the ground through Copia. So a very unique flavor of e-commerce that is not what maybe traditionally we have seen with Amazons and the likes of Jumias. But I think there's that element of contextualizing or localizing uh, the manner in which that we execute so that it's relevant to the market. Much the same way that we see the Chinese have managed to build platforms like WeChat, which they're using in a very different way from the rest of the world. And I think a lot of experimentation is required, a lot of trying new things, um, being creative, uh, going online, I mean, one of the platforms I always look at all the time is YouTube. There's a lot of free content there uh, that can teach you and educate you uh, as an SME on what to do. Um, and I think it's got to be that element of curiosity and being willing to learn and experiment and fail and, you know, keep learning to get to the point where you can actually master these platforms so that you can get the best results. And I think you can even see when you talk about people like influencers, how many of them have been able to organically build, you know, followings of, you know, thousands of millions um, which in turn they're able to use to actually sell products and services. So I think some of it has to do with the digital literacy, the know-how, um, you know, trying to be a little unconventional, doing things a little bit differently. Uh, but most importantly, I think keeping an open mind and trying new things um, and keeping on top of the things that are trending, like the chat GPTs and the TikToks, so that you can take advantage of these platforms uh, without necessarily having to spend a lot of money. Ah, okay, okay. Um, I just wanted to add a point um, just to uh, augment what Moses was saying. Um, I think some of the, you know, barriers to, you know, adopting digital commerce that I've seen with, um, you know, SMEs and I even even with corporates and me individually, I think technology sometimes um, can scare us, you know, new technology can scare us, you know, the fear of, you know, the unknown or the fear of, you know, these things that's going to disrupt um, our business as usual and so on. Um, but, it, you know, I just want to echo what Moses said, you know, the, the beauty of technology or digital is that you can try, test and learn. Um, you know, you don't need to take on a very huge chunk um, of a project to implement. You know, it's all about, you know, if let's say um, you have a shop, in uh, a physical shop on Moy Avenue. You've never thought of uh, getting onto Instagram. You know, the first step is just open an account, um, put in, you know, the details of where you're located, the products that you sell, you know, keep it very, very simple with the information that you have. Um, it's all about just starting small and starting simple. Where we left, we can actually pick from, of course, where can we borrow talking about, you know, where we are and of course, you know, what, what startups are actually talking about when it comes to connectivity. So maybe can we borrow, you can pick it from, from there. Uh, actually, Fiona had actually had a word as well. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately, um, you know, what I was trying to say uh, for everyone who's in the room and those who are still joining is there's this opportunity really to look at connectivity as an enabler of so many more things that 
you know, it's not just about consuming content. It's about how you use that connectivity to transform your SME, whether it's, you know, building a website that has e-commerce capabilities that allows you to sell, um, you know, you know, through various platforms. It's also about the idea that you can create content for platforms like TikTok and LinkedIn, which have incredible organic reach and it doesn't require you to invest in advertising. Uh, it's also about closing that digital literacy gap specifically uh, to become more of a practitioner in how to use these platforms effectively. And again, I did mention that platforms like YouTube are remarkable in the amount of educational content you can actually find there. Um, and I think Fiona also mirrored some points there in the sense that she said, you know, we need to think about how we are able to experiment and exploit these platforms, uh, be willing to learn, be willing to make mistakes so that we can actually become proficient at allowing us to then build our SMEs across all these digital platforms. Those who become most proficient or competent in terms of using the TikToks, the LinkedIn's, uh, you know, building a website that actually can be found on Google and acquiring the skill sets that actually then allow them to level the playing field, not just in Kenya, but globally, uh, and really make them globally competitive in essentially what has become a digital first world. So those are kind of my points in a nutshell uh, the, the sort of things that I saw as being sort of critical uh, to enabling these SMEs to become uh, successful in the long term. Um, I also wanted to jump in and add, um, just reiterate what I was saying earlier, um, which was around the fear of uh, adopting new technology. Um, of course, as SMEs, um, we're time poor. Um, a lot of small businesses are either run by a one woman or one man show or a very lean team. So sometimes it can feel overwhelming to you know, adopt a new technology or be fearful as to, you know, will it have the desired results or, um, and so on. So I was, uh, you know, giving an example of, you know, it, you just need to take bite-sized um, steps towards uh, getting digital. So for example, you have a brick and mortar store um, in town um, and you are not listed online. One small step that you can take is open up an Instagram page. Um, and use the information that you have, you know, list the products that you have in the store. You already have the products there. You know what the um, pricing is. You know how to describe them. You probably don't have the photos because you're sending them on WhatsApp already. So again, um, you know, taking small steps and not feeling overwhelmed, like I need to be everywhere. And I, you know, all of this technology is very hard. Um, even I'm sure Moses can echo the fact that, you know, when we're even consulting and helping big corporates um, with their digital strategy, you know, we tell them, you know, to focus on maybe one platform first, you know, master one platform before you start going on every single platform. You know, you don't need to be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and everything, you know, start with what you can um, with the bandwidth that you have. Um, a really interesting example here that uh, I wanted to share um, was a project that I worked on in the tourism sector. Um, again, during COVID, you know, no one was traveling um, and uh, there were two um, groups of people, two SMEs that I was working with. Um, so one of them, um, you know, during COVID decided, oh, uh, you know, no traveling is happening. So therefore they decided to stop doing any social media posts. And they basically put a photo of someone on the couch and they said, see you when the world opens. Um, now their competitor saw this opportunity um, you know, even though, of course, COVID was a very, uh, you know, dark time, they saw an opportunity to still inspire and still hope by, you know, creating content on Instagram around different destinations that you could travel when the world opens. You know, they showed Mombasa, they showed Diani, they showed, you know, Turkana. Um, 
So in doing that, they were able to create awareness around their brand um, in a very cheap way, um, you know, very low cost way. Um, and so when the world did open up, uh, their competitor was more successful in ramping back again. So just to illustrate, you know, that the small steps towards, you know, adopting digital technology um, go a long way for SMEs. And, you know, the feeling of being overwhelmed about technology, um, you know, you can overcome that by taking small steps. Maybe, Fiona, do you think these small steps is what SMEs really ignore? Um, I think so. I think so. I think it, it can feel overwhelming, like you need to be everywhere or you need to know everything. You know, you, know, you need to know how to do a content calendar. You need to know how to do, you know, YouTube videos and TikTok, uh, all of that. I think it's just that feeling of I, I'm so behind, there's so much to understand, and then just deciding to retreat back to doing the same old thing. Um, but it's just about the small, the small steps have a big impact. Um, the beauty with digital, because um, you know, you're opening yourself to a world out there. Um, it's about the small steps. Even with your digital media, as uh, Moses mentioned, you know, you can put, do a small paid ad, um, put a few Kenya shillings on the ad, but you're reaching a very big audience, you know, versus doing, you know, uh, a print ad in a magazine or printing flyers. You know, you probably, A, you know, will use a lot of money to print the flyers and you won't be able to actually track who got the flyers did they purchase in the end whereas you know on facebook you've put a little bit of money you can see oh my reach has uh, my reach for the ad is has gone to nyeri mombasa eldoret oh i'm starting to get some interest you know or uh, leads or calls from these areas mm -hmm. so really it's the small steps go a long way when it comes to um, digital technology and digital tools All right. well, interesting. Uh, can i just uh, chime in yeah, I just, sure. thought I, maybe I, just wanna, I just wanna share an experience I had last year. I did some, I think it was training with an organization last year and what we we're doing was actually, and I think Fiona, this is again a reflection of some of the things that we encounter with SMEs as we work with them. And during this training, uh, we're showing these individuals in the organization how to use certain platforms like Canva to create content, um, Anchor, uh, which is now I think called um, Spotify Podcasts, uh, to create podcasts. And also we even went through the process of showing them how to create very simple, basic videos using TikTok. Now, this is the kind of stuff that probably took us at most an hour and a half to show them how to use them at the most basic level. Now, for me, what was interesting is those who took their training to heart, there's one lady in particular who created an entirely new business outside what she was doing, which is basically she helps people do um, their social media content, their um, visuals using Canva. Uh, she's helping them create uh, just from the same training we gave them. And I think one of the, the things that I'm seeing is that it also is a question of attitude. You know what I mean? So yes, it is intimidating. It is something you don't know, but more often than not, we usually when you do the training and we, we get, somebody gets a sense of, I suppose, how easy it is because quite often there's this notion that only the young people know it or what I like to call the, the guys with the dreadlocks and the tattoos and people feel intimidated because I'm in my 50s or my 40s and this is really not me. Um, but once you show them and you break it down at the most basic level, uh, many of them can run with it and actually say, you know what, five months later, they contact you and say, you know what, I've actually learned how to use all these things you showed us and now I'm generating, you know, 50% of my revenue online. So I think if we can kind of work through that barrier or that fear of the unknown, 
um, many uh, SMEs, I think, from an attitude perspective, can achieve so much more just by learning and even putting themselves in situations where uh, their training programs, I know the likes of Facebook, for instance, run a lot of uh, SME-focused training during the uh, pandemic. But more importantly, many of these things are still available online on YouTube and the likes. Uh, but acquiring a little bit of these skill sets, you know, getting through that barrier of I don't know what I don't know, and then ultimately achieving some level of mastery on some of these platforms actually does allow them to succeed. And I agree with Fiona that it's incredibly difficult to do all of them at once. But right now, if you asked me, I would say that value for money in terms of your effort versus buying ads and so forth, without a doubt, is LinkedIn and TikTok. If you can master those, um, today speaking to the business audience and also the consumer audiences, those are the two platforms where you generally get a disproportionate, disproportionate return on investment in terms of your time and what you can achieve on that platform. And primarily because when you publish content there, the reach of that content and also the level of engagement on those platforms is significantly higher than platforms like Twitter and the likes. So that would be my other recommendation. All right, interesting. And I think I think one of the questions that has been, you know, uh, of course, going around and, um, you know, even as we talk about these SMEs, you know, uh, going digital, these SMEs, you know, um, using connectivity to actually go big and reach more audiences. There's also the question of, of course, policies. And maybe, you know, um, Ben, from where you are sitting, yeah, is it, what kind of policies do we need in place to actually support these SMEs, these startups, you know, basically adopt digital technologies? Especially from, from, from the government, support from the private sector as well. Maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be private sector that drives digital business, okay? Um, but you know, the best thing that you know government can do is actually. Are you there, Ben? Um, yes. Can you hear me? Hello. And maybe as we try to get Ben, uh, maybe um, uh, Fiona, maybe could you no. chip in on that? We actually okay. could hear Ben. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I was worried. Um, look, uh, yeah, so um, I was saying that, you know, the drive of the business is going to be the private sector. They will be the ones that um, are going to make things happen. Um, the government and its policies, um, you know, needs to enable all of those things. I said earlier, the digital economy, so it needs to enable digital infrastructure, uh, we're talking about digital business for SMEs here, but it, you know uh, those e-government services we're talking about, uh, they might be a platform to help digital businesses. Things like digital ID can help um, can help you identify who your customer is, can identify who the company is that you're dealing with. So um, by enabling those things, this government is actually helping the business side. So Estonia um, is very well known for being a leader in digital. Uh, digitalization as a nation it's a very small country but the president came to kenya last year mm -hmm. president of estonia and, and and she was talking about how they'd put in the digital id but they'd use this as a platform that um private sector companies could could then use so if you can identify who you're selling to then you know whether you can trust them to deliver the goods in advance and all those things so you know by enabling that side of things the government is helping and governments of course being very active in um, pushing for infrastructure uh, and Kenya government has been active in 
um, helping with the infrastructure, making its own investments in fibre, getting involved in subsea cables. Um, but Kenya has done relatively well in this um, because it's it, it's it's catalyzed infrastructure build out, but it hasn't tried to monopolize it. it hasn't tried to do it all for itself. Whereas other countries, uh, and particularly some of those least developed countries we were talking about earlier, uh, are actually sort of building all the infrastructure, locking out private sector from um, ICT infrastructure growth, right? And that's actually making data costs more in those countries. It's making less people online. Um, but the main thing policy-wise we're seeing in Kenya right now is, is actually um, tax, right? And, and um, I, I think um, being... But, but these businesses, SMEs particular, coming online and being digitized, being digitized, it's going to enable them to be able to start participating in um, in the taxation structure. It's obviously clear that with five million tax returns uh, in Kenya and twenty million working, twenty million voters, twenty million adults, um, it's clear that there's fifteen million people not paying their taxes. Okay, um, but then. <laughs> Some of those are unemployed. Some of those are working in very, um, you know, informal labouring jobs. But many are running SMEs. Um, so um, there's a huge opportunity uh, with digitisation that companies will know their numbers. They will know what business they're doing, and they will be able to file their tax returns. However, with the push that the government has for revenue, they're sort of jumping the gun a bit now and coming in and making up new taxes to advanced tax, uh, withholding tax on digital creators. It's like they perceive that people are making lots of money online. So how do they go and grab a slice of that? Uh, and actually, uh, we're not yet, we're not yet there. Uh, the cow is not yet fat enough to milk. Um, and, and the same with data as well. I mentioned earlier that SMEs are finding the cost of data to be expensive. Often it's a big piece of their business. Um, and we have very high taxes. We have 20% excise duty on data, then 16% of VAT on top of that. 40% of your data bill is um, is taxed. Now, that's not an enabler to business. The same comes to devices. If you, you can start an online business with a mobile phone if you're using some platforms like TikTok. But if you really want to up it, you need to have some proper digital cameras. You might need a laptop to do some editing, a MacBook. You know, and the taxation, um, a layer of taxes on devices, often 60%, um, you know, once you've added on this duty, excise duty, import duty, RDL, IDF, whatever all these taxes are, it's coming to a very large amount of money. So um, the biggest intervention government can make in Kenya is actually to stop overtaxing the digital side. Don't, don't think this is a, a fat cow to be milked at this stage. Hmm. Um, interesting. And maybe Fiona, when these startups or these you know um, companies come to you for consultancy services, of course around e-commerce, you know, do the questions? I mean, do questions around policy come up? Um, good question. Good question. Um, I think they don't come up as often as I guess they should. Um, but I think that is also, um, you know, a product of the fact that, you know, e-commerce and the digital commerce is still a growing economy and there's still a lot to be learned um, on the consumer side, 
on the government side, on the private sector side. You know, as Ben talked about, you know, the government have their side to play, private sector has their side to play. Um, so we, it's a new area. And so I think in a way, we're also trying to put in the right policies in place um, to create an enabling environment. Um, but there's a, a really interesting report um, which uh, was released by the uh, UN Conference for Trade and Development, um, UNCTAD. Um, and the report is called the E-Trade Readiness Assessment. Um, and this report was released last, I think it was last year. And it was a result of, um, you know, the Kenya government um, wanting to understand, you know, uh, what, are, what are the key policy areas that they need to look at um, to enable a stable and thriving uh, e-trade environment. Um, some of those points have already been mentioned by Ben, you know, to do with ICT infrastructure um, and, uh, and connectivity, you know, trade logistics we've talked about, you know, we know how our, you know, logistics are. Um, we don't have a really good addressing systems. You know, our road network sometimes can be troublesome to get products from A to B. Um, you know, payment solutions. Um, of course, M-Pesa has really, you know, paved the way for this and been a trailblazer to make commerce very easy. Um, and there are so many other different players who are making this easy as well for SMEs um, to um, accept payments, um, you know, likes of PESA PAL, DPO, and so on. Um, but there's also, you know, legal and regulatory frameworks, um, some of which are meant to also protect the consumer, um, you know, I'm sure some of you are already aware about the Data Privacy Act of, uh, that was passed in 2019. Um, it's still a very new policy, but as we talked about earlier, you know, as you're transacting on e-commerce and adopting digital commerce, a lot of data is being generated. You know, you're being tracked on, you know, your web data, your browsing data. You know, SMEs have your, um, you know, your phone number, um, your transaction data. So we really need to understand how to protect that data um, so that it doesn't get into the wrong hands. And I'm sure we've been, um, you know, uh, targets of, you know, data getting into the wrong hands. So this is a really important policy, which, you know, SMEs need to be aware of, because the more that you're transacting, the more you're handling consumer data, you need to understand how to protect it and to use it in the best way. Um, and, you know, the government is still, you know, trying to socialize this. Um, and there's also consumer protection. Um, with e-commerce, trust is a very big, um, you know, issue. Uh, you know, for you to transact with someone who you don't know, you need to, you know, trust that you will pay them the money and they will deliver the product that they promised. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And right now, um, you know, we don't really have a, 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 a easy way of recourse right now. Um, you know, so laws around consumer protection also need to be tightened so that, you know, again, it improves the environment for transacting and so on. Um, we've talked about skills development and, you know, access to financing. Um, so these are some of the, you know, areas that have been listed in this report, um, mm -hmm. which some are in the works, uh, some are yet to, uh, you know, be worked on. But yeah, those are some of the policy areas that uh, as a environment we need to think about. Can I chip in on that? Because yeah, sure. it's a good one Fiona's brought up. Um, you, you know, regulation and policy and, and interventions from government, you know, need to happen uh, when it becomes clear that a problem is arising. Uh, it's, it's obviously clear that 
there is a problem with uh, people being ripped off online, uh, even on recognised platforms where they are being told this is the goods and they come and they're a substandard or something. Um, and so the point of e-commerce platforms is to provide this trust mechanism between them, and that's what uh, the platform business is trying to do. Um, but where I've seen a good example of government coming in is actually in the UK, where um, it's the Department of Consumer Protection. I forget what the agency is called, but they've come up with a platform online where you can report uh, rogue online traders. Uh, so if somebody rips you off online, you go on this platform, and you you know it's not even like giving someone one star in, in, on the Amazon web page. It's actually like actually reporting this person is a is a scammer, is a criminal. No? Okay, it could be abused. <laughs> People could use it to wipe out their competition. But I think it's a very good government example of a government initiative that's dealing with this issue of consumer protection that Fiona just uh, brought up. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think Fiona spoke extensively about data protection and, and all that. And I think a couple of months ago or weeks ago, we saw, you know, I mean, thank God we have the now the Office of Data Protection in place. And I think, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we saw around two companies being fined 5 million for abusing customer data and all that. Um, you know, and of course, that data protection, then of course, we have the issue of taxes that of course, we've seen the president being very vocal about, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and maybe, Moses, do you think the government is doing enough to actually ensure we have friendly policies, you know, for SMEs to grow and actually thrive in, in this era of connectivity? Well, um, I think uh, Ben has talked about some of the areas of concern. Like for my work, for instance, where we are looking for instance, at, let's say digital ads. Um, for those who may not know this, I think until, uh, was it late last year, you could run your Facebook ads. Uh, there was no tax or additional cost to it. All you are looking at is, you know, you're buying your dollars in shillings and you run your ads. But now very clearly when you buy an ad, um, on, on Facebook, you will see, uh, or meta ads for that matter, which includes Instagram, you will see 16% uh, VAT there. You Same thing now with Google, which I think about a month and a half ago, same thing happened. And they too, including taxes. Now, in many global markets, this is normal. You know, you find that in North America and Europe and others, you know, this has been happening for years. You know, they do tax uh, digital platforms um, uh, for their services. Um, and of course, given that they're big tech and earning billions of dollars, you know, clearly governments are keen on that uh, revenue. Um, but at the same time, if you talk to the small guy who's running a micro SME and he's been spending maybe, you know, 500 shillings a day on ads and then now he's got to pay 16% on top of that, um, you know, it would seem, you know, that it's now more expensive to achieve the same outcome. Um, equally so, I think there's other initiatives that are currently in the pipeline that we need to pay attention to, such as uh, the Kenya Digital um, Economy Acceleration Project, KDIP, which is uh, with the World Bank. And just earlier this week, I was actually on a different forum with Ben. And it was one of the key topics we're discussing because the World Bank uh, is, is putting down, I think, close, something close to 700 million US dollars to sort of build out that digital infrastructure uh, and connectivity across the country, and especially in areas uh, like rural Kenya, where currently uh, commercial operators of internet services or telcos may not be able to go because there is no business case there yet. But yet there are schools, there are small businesses, there are traders who could benefit from high quality internet access uh, in a manner that um, this project hopes to achieve. And of course, this is a partnership. Government is working with the private sector, 
working with the world banks and so forth to finance it to roll out these networks and of course you know of course eventually these um you know the funding for these things also obviously has to be paid back at some point but the reality is that these sort of programs do also imply that as much as we have these other considerations like tax um at the, the most fundamental level we are then going to have i think over 100,000 uh, kilometers worth of uh, uh fiber networks going into some of the most rural parts of this country and where that is not possible there will be satellite connectivity and other forms of technology of which of course uh, the likes of liquid and and bens organization are going to be closing the gaps there so i think it's kind of more of a balanced view in terms of yes there are clearly things that are going to hinder progress you know we talked about the excise duties and so forth but on the other hand we do see some other very significant initiatives on the ground uh, that government is is putting in place but i would say that you know there's a the macro stuff that's happening at that level you know 700 million dollars or whatever it is and then of course there's a micro level like we like to say mamamboga or the small guy owning a duka who wants to to sell his products and uh, use his boda uh, boda guy to deliver to people and his instagram account to to showcase his offerings you know this guy is definitely feeling the pinch at that level um so like i said it's a balanced view there are some pros and cons here um you know data privacy is an area that i'm genuinely concerned where small uh, businesses are concerned uh, we've seen some of the big organizations quite recently spending up to 5 million shillings for fine um you know organizations that are well known are, are having to deal with that and again this is very new and people are learning how to navigate it you know consumer protections is an area that has not been uh, dealt with very well in the past we see government putting in the right uh, structures for that but i think like we always like to say on the qua ground you know we need to make sure that the small guy or the small business has that opportunity to get the full benefit of what you know digital technology and the internet is able to offer them and more importantly if they can utilize these platforms to their full potential then these can be effectively transformative uh, initiatives for their businesses All right thank you so much amosis maybe before we just you know as we wind up anyone with a question to do any of the speakers could be tomorrow says ben or even fiona you know uh, as we just wait for someone to pop up a question um so you know we are almost coming to the end of the space and i just want to understand now and this way i want after all the speakers to just come in so and i'm going to start with ben so what are you doing in your capacity even at liquid you know to basically support these SMEs and basically see them grow digitally scale and all that <clears throat> yeah look i mean the biggest thing we're doing um uh, which Moses just alluded to is is the hard stuff right it's 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 the um the the, the difficult big um takes a long time hard stuff digging holes putting fiber in holes um Moses talked about world bank um putting in uh, i think it's 500 million dollars or so into Kenya it's a few other countries but um in the next few years to build digital infrastructure um but we've already invested around 2 billion US dollars into digital infrastructure continent that data centers and fiber um but connecting those across borders why are we doing this uh to enable cross border trade um when we announced um that we build a fiber from cape town to cairo you know this was quite symbolic uh because it had been the ambition um of of some early um settlers to africa to build a, a railway line to, from cape town to cairo to to enable trade uh the one who got a railway line and a telegraph alongside each other there still is no railway line to build trade between those countries but 
there is a, an end-to-end fiber network. There's a, there's a telegraph line, as if you were. So by building infrastructure um, across borders, connecting countries, connecting towns and cities, and now with the help of, hopefully with the help of the World Bank, to extend it to rural areas of Kenya, we're building heavy infrastructure that will enable people to, to do business with each other, to communicate with each other over those networks. Now, that's the, that's the hard stuff. That's the expensive stuff. But we're also, um, you know, trying to do what we can, making the partnerships that we can to enable then people to use this. We've seen um, Kenya's an outlier. Kenya, in terms of the adoption of the digital services and digital um, opportunities for digital business, Kenya's really picked up on it. But not every country in Africa has. So we're really trying to see how we can work with different partners, um, including UN agencies, even NGOs, uh, big companies in the digital spaces, seeing how we can uh, work with people who specialize in helping digital business. Um, and this is how Fiona and I met, was, you know, through some work with one of the, uh, another UN agency, ITC, who were helping cross-border trade, helping uh, people to grow their digital presence online. Mm-hmm. Just seeing what we can do, right? So it, it's about making those partnerships. We can't do everything. Our job is, and we're very good at, is absorbing lots of capital to build a lot of networks and making those work and become sustainable. Uh, and, and that's the hard stuff, but we're looking for um, more micro things that are more focused to really drive digital business and drive digital transformation um, of SMEs at a national level. That makes sense. No, oh, interesting. Uh, I actually just read about, of course, your plans to uh, build your largest facility in West Africa in Ghana. You know, so that's quite interesting, and we're looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Moses. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, in order to enable digital transformation and also the digital economy and you know, achieving the full potential of what is possible. For sure, uh, as Ben has said, you know, they're, they're building the, the pipes, they're building the, the foundations that, are, that you know, on top of this is where the platforms, the services and all exist. And in fact, Ben is uh, possibly being a bit modest. I know that they, they've got a division called Dataport, uh, which just built a terrestrial um, connection all the way from Johannesburg to Mombasa, you know, the first of its kind. You know, these guys are building the the pipes, so to speak, uh, to run this digital economy. But going forward, I think the reality is that the platforms are there. Uh, SMEs, you know, the cost of participation, apart from, you know, bandwidth, is actually in many instances free. Uh, the gap is the knowledge on how to use and uh, gain mastery on how to use the platforms to uh, thereby create brand awareness, you know, generate sales online, um, you know, and all the different things that would allow their businesses to thrive and also take, you know, um, advantage of some of these new initiatives and trade uh, corridors that are opening up with some of these new initiatives like AFTA. So for me, I think the, the door is open in terms of the potential, the opportunity. Connectivity is a key enabler. Uh, but more importantly, what you do with that connectivity is what really changes everything. And I think for every SME out there, then the, the call to action is basically uh, figuring out how to get this stuff to work well. Um, and more importantly, gaining uh, proficiency in how to use these platforms so that even at their level, whether it's a single person organization or you know three, four, five people, you can compete globally uh, for customers for your offerings. All right. Thank you so much, Moses. Um, Fiona, then I'm going to have one question from Jim Karani. 
All right. Oh, you wanted me to go before the question? No, no, no. Uh, no, the question will come after, so you can just go on. Ah, okay. Um, so to your question, you know, in terms of, um, you know, what are we each doing in our different capacities um, to build and support SMEs? Um, you know, it's really interesting just to hear, you know, the different um, areas in which, you know, Moses and Ben are playing. So it really gives you a sense of, you know, this digital commerce is, you know, it, it's an ecosystem which requires a lot of building blocks to work. Um, you know, Ben with the hard stuff, as he said, and the expensive stuff. Um, you know, Moses with the strategy and the training and so on. Um, and so on my side, you know, in terms of how I'm supporting uh, SMEs uh, is also through um, training and educating and building up the knowledge and the skills that we talked about. Because I think that's one of the biggest um, barriers for SMEs is just knowing where to start, um, knowing where to find the information and then having, a, you know, a plan of, you know, what do I do first? What do I do next? And you'll break this thing down into uh, simple, um, digestible uh, processes. So um, on my side, you know, as a consultant, I provide training on these areas for SMEs. Um, and also I create content um, around these topics as well. Um, so, you know, I'll just do a little plug here. You know, you can um, follow me on LinkedIn. And I really enjoy uh, taking, you know, complex uh, concepts um, and then making them easy to understand and implement. Um, so for me, really, that's... Um, uh, how I'm supporting the the the, the SMEs, um, and again, as I shared earlier, you know the you know SMEs drive the economy. You know they account for seventy percent of employment and you know thirty percent of the GDP. But you know if um, they keep you know being left behind because of the barriers that we've talked about, you know our economies are not going to grow. So um, it's an area that you know we're all really passionate about, and you know that's why we're here to have this conversation as well. All right, thank you so much, Fiona. Um, Jim, Jim has a question around policies, and actually I've worked with Jim before. So, um, um, Jim, what's your question actually around policy? Is it around, you know, what the government is doing? Is it around, you know, just you can pick up from there. Oh, oh thank you so much, um, you know, uh, Nick. I mean, uh, in a previous world, we were building tech for the judiciary, so we have our own fair share of just how hard it is, even for governments, to even have breakthrough in this. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the one thing I've noticed, um, we've been talking a lot about consumer protection, but I'm also keen on how do we tighten the flip of that, which is the competition rules and regulations around how, you know, the key players in the internet space actually play with each other. I'm, I'm asking, how do we find a way of reining in on the Moses and the Bens and Fiona's of this world in a way that allows them to compete, um, in a way that doesn't stifle growth? And my question is, are any of you worried about market dominance issues of any of the key players in the internet space? Oh, interesting. <laughs> Who is willing to check that? <laughs> so any of the speakers willing to check that? Yeah, I'll take it. I think Ben will. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, you know, if you look at the powers of the ecosystem of, digital trade and that's including uh, money transfers and, uh, and other things um, it's obvious where the dominant player is right? um, in the Kenyan space at least um, am I worried about it actually not really um, you know it's a global trend uh, 
there is only really one or two um, payment aggregators uh, in most economies. Um, okay, you have uh, Visa and MasterCard in North America, uh, who are competing for market share with uh, China. You have Union Pay, so it's it's, um, it's very common because moving money around payments is around um, it's a volume business. It's about taking uh, moving money efficiently and well for a small amount of charge, and it's not really a space that you anywhere in, in history you find. 15, 20, 30 players competing for, for market share in a, in a particular given market. So I'm not worried about the dominance of that particular uh, payment platform. Um, I just think what's more important that it works and that it costs the right price and value for Kenyans. Um, so I, I don't have a particular concern. Um, and um, all I would have a concern about when it comes to competition is if people uh, companies were um, gaining their market dominance because they've been given unfair advantages. Uh, if, if, if a company has gained a market dominance because of it's doing well and what it does, that is not nothing to be punished. I think uh, that, that might have been said uh, before, but it's not something to be punished. Uh, if you do well at what you do, uh, that should then carry on doing it well. If, if, if companies have gain market share because they've been given government exclusivity or something else like that, then maybe that's time to rein that in. So we just need to be careful about, is there a problem caused by the, uh, you know, the fact that we have uh, a very successful payment provider? Right now, I'm not seeing a problem. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing they have an issue. Um, I will mention one dominant player. This is a problem. We lost a host earlier on. The whole space dropped. We lost 10 minutes, everybody had to come back. And, uh, and that's because uh, Nick here, uh, Canali, lost his, lost his power. He came back and he says, KPLC happened. Um, and, and it's a problem, right? The digital economy, if we have a dominant power player who can't keep the lights on, that's a problem of national significance on the side of the government. Oh, interesting. I hope, Jim, that's answered. Um, unless any of the speakers wants to chip in, but because of time, um, Moses, Fiona, would you want to keep on with that? Uh, nothing to add from me. All right. Thank you so much. Aha. Yeah, I think we're almost coming to an end. I think it's very important because we have, uh, for us to have this conversation around SMEs and connectivity. You know, and of course, my key point from the space and from the speakers will be, you know, you know, as, as Moses said, connectivity is an enabler. It's something country you run away from. You know, and of course the most important thing will be for these SMEs knowing just where to start. And of course, you know, what Fiona talked about, SMEs driving the economy. It's a big conversation that, of course, we're going to keep having, you know, as even we move forward. So this is actually the first space um, of the two we are supposed to have. So I really want to thank you for joining the space. And maybe before I just wind up, I know hear the closing remarks from each of the speakers, then you can close the space. Yep. So uh, Fiona, any closing remarks? Um, I think my closing remarks would just be to encourage SMEs to um, not be afraid, not be afraid of adopting technology and start, start small um, because the benefits are vast. As we spoke on, the, on this uh, space, the, opportunity, the opportunities and the benefits are vast. Um, and so um, I encourage SMEs to start small and overcome their fear and really start to 
dip their toes into the digital economy and adopting digital tools. Thank you. All right, thank you, Ben. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's that's a good thing to say. Uh, it's uh, definitely. Uh, it might seem difficult to start, but the opportunities for uh, global growth very quickly are, are, are something we've never seen in history. Um, and some companies innovate on their product, like you know, Audi, who are famous for their you know, way they build their cars. Uh, but other, other companies build their brand around the person, around is a person and something like KFC is very much built around the brand of a retired colonel who started fighting chicken. It took Colonel Sanders the, the last 30 years of his life to become a global brand, but people can achieve this much faster uh, in their 30s, um, you know, using digital platforms. So, um, you know, Fiona's saying try it, but the opportunities, if you try it and you succeed at it, really are, are, are very big indeed. So. All right, thank you, Moses. I think for me, maybe my closing remarks would be what gets me very excited, and this is somebody who has been in the digital space in Kenya since the very beginning, um, is what happened in the last three years for me has been the most exciting part of this digital uh, economy stroke transformation because, you know, if you can think about it for a second, you know, even the quotes in Kenya went online, you know. Um, the fact that the very same clients uh, that would insist on meeting us in person now only want to meet digitally. Uh, the fact that people have finally understood the value of going online, A, for consuming content like Netflix or creating content uh, on platforms like YouTube and finding an audience that is there locally, even here in Kenya, uh, in the tens of thousands to consume their content. So the barriers are incredibly low. Uh, consumer behavior has been irrevocably transformed. We now have a digital first global consumer, you know, not just in Kenya, but globally. But most importantly, the fact that for the average SME that doesn't have massive financial resources, you have this opportunity to leverage this thing called the internet through high quality internet access and speeds to essentially be globally competitive and compatible with that consumer. And I think for me, if nothing else, the SME should see this as the biggest um, uh, enabler for them in the sense that they can be whatever they want to be, they can build whatever they want to build because, you know, the options that we have today were not even there five years ago. So this is an exciting time in terms of opportunities and being able to take full advantage of that potential is something that every SME needs to do. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Moses. And I think we all agree that, you know, as, as all the speakers just said, the opportunities are actually vast. They're very massive. And the thing is just how do we need to ensure that, you know, these SMEs, these startups, these local tech companies will take advantage of these, you know, opportunities to actually, you know, uh, go global. Remember, as I said earlier, I'm a strong believer that even the smallest SME, the smallest startup can be born global. Yeah, and of course, so we need to ensure how do we really make sure these startups, these companies from Kenya are even able to take advantage of things like, for example, the just Africa continental free trade area, which is actually is very big, you know, right now. Yep, so uh, really thank you for joining the space. And I'm sorry for the earlier hiccup because, yeah, Kenya Power, as usual. But I'm glad you could join back. And I'm hoping to see you on the next space that we're going to be, you know, hosting later on, you know, on a different topic. But basically just around the same thing and connectivity. Yeah, thank you so much. And, yeah, good night. Mm -hmm.